everybody turn to the 17th chapter of Revelation. And we will ask the Lord to bless us as we look at this, this harlot, the scarlet harlot <laughs> from the book of Revelation. Lord, we thank you for this time together, and we thank you that we have this wonderful book, the Bible, that has everything we need to know from you if we will just read it and lay it up in our hearts and memorize it. So, Lord, we just ask that you would bless us today as we consider this age-old problem of this woman that sits on many waters and has deluded kings down through the ages. So as we consider this today, we ask that you would bless us and we look at these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I hope you all have one of these. It's called the Zodiac. You know what the Zodiac means? The way. It means the way or a way. So God gave this Zodiac at the very beginning of time when he made the stars. He made them on the first day, and he made them for signs and seasons and days and years. So these are the signs that he put in the heavens, and he arranged them in such a way when he put the stars in the heavens. He arranged them in constellations or groups that tell a story. It's in a circle. Look at this picture. It's in a circle. How do you know where to start in a circle? Well, they found in a 2,000-year-old Egyptian tomb that between Virgo and Leo, Virgo's head was heading right here toward Leo's tail. So you start with Virgo to read the circle. And it goes around in all of these things. Every name means something. And it's, it, if you didn't have a Bible but knew these Arabic names, you could tell the same story that's in the Bible was in the stars and in the constellations. So what it starts is a virgin. So you know you have to start with Virgo. A virgin will bear a son, and he will be a mighty man, Bootes. And here she is with a child in her lap right next to him. And so the Bible story is here. Then we have this mighty man killing this wolf, <laughs> the victim. And then all of these other creatures that you read about in the Bible are in the Zodiac. But as you see, in the middle is this winding serpent. And he's trying to bite the heel in the very middle, Draco, of this mighty man whose name is Hercules. And that's another picture of Jesus. So there's been this age-long conflict between God and Satan. And that's what this whole story tells about. And you'll see the longest constellation, and it's cut off in my chart, but it's this snake that winds all the way through and how Satan has been busy all of this time trying to wreck God's plan. But then we have Corvus the raven eating the serpent at the very end. God is going to cast him into the lake of fire. So all of the gospel story is in here. And I have just a couple of these God's voice in the stars that explains it all from Ken Fleming. But all of these signs are explained in his book. Anyway, Zodiac Signs and Bible Truth. You will love it. There's others. God's Voice in the Stars by Bullinger is another wonderful one. And Bullinger starts out in the first couple of paragraphs that for several thousand years they didn't have a Bible, but everybody knew the God's plan from the, the Zodiac from the stars, the star pictures. And this one is called Zodiac Signs and Bible Truth. But anyways, today we're in chapter 17 of Revelation. I'm just going to read some of it, then we're going to talk about it. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me. Now, what did we just see? We saw these bowl judgments uh, of when God is pouring them out on the earth. Um, the plagues and the, the judgments, horrible, horrible things that are going to happen during the tribulation after the church is raptured. The next thing in God's program is the catching away of believers off the earth. And so it'll be a secret thing. And uh, one of these days, he's coming back to take us to be with him. And we have these promises, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, First Thessalonians 4 with the voice of the archangel 
and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain, caught up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Well, it is comforting to know that someday the Lord is coming to take us to be with himself. I hope it's soon, don't you? So anyway, we saw last week in the 15th chapter, after we're caught away, these terrible judgments on the earth. And, you know, people think it's not going to be too bad during the tribulation. But like this third verse of chapter 15, the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea and it became blood as of a dead man. And every living creature in the sea died. Imagine the ramifications of that all over the earth, the smell and the stench of big whales and all. So then the waters became blood. In verse 8 of chapter 15, then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given the sun to scorch men with fire. So after we're gone, these terrible judgments happen. The first ones were the trumpet judgments, and they were terrible, but now these bowl judgments are the worst as we move to the end of the tribulation period, which is seven years long. And the Bible says if it were any longer, no flesh would be able to stand it. And so we see then in the 16th chapter, the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. Now that's going to be Babylon. So we need to see in Iraq. Uh, just keep your eye on that uh, part of the world. And I was looking through some of my old papers, and I saw something was in the paper probably several years ago, white elephant on the Euphrates. And it's this huge building that we have built over there for America. It was our embassy in Iraq. Well, it's just a huge place. And I've known and thought for a long time this will probably be the capital of the Antichrist because they're calling it as just a huge white elephant because it's so grandiose and so much money was spent on it, but it's more or less not in use, really, over there. So anyway, the throne of the beast will be, verse 10, a Babylon. And then the sixth angel, verse 12, poured out his bowl of wrath on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. Now see, so during the tribulation, God is going to dry up the Euphrates so that um, the kings from the Orient can, that's all this, the Euphrates has always been the dividing line between East and West. So now East can come over into the West easily when the Euphrates is dried up, that the way of the kings from the East might be prepared. Because we know that in Armageddon, all the kings of all the earth and all are going to come to fight against Jesus in the land of Israel. So this is how they're going to come from the east. And I saw three, this is verse 13, unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, that's Satan, out of the mouth of the beast, that's his antichrist, and the false prophet is, see, this is the satanic trinity, for they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world. Everybody, all the kings and all the people in the world are going to be gathered to the battle of the great day of God Almighty, which is the battle of Armageddon. Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Now, that is not the rapture. This is when he comes, you know, at the end of the tribulation to clean up things and wipe up his enemies off the earth. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gather them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. This is a huge plain that many, many battles have been fought on this plain in Israel. And it's a natural battleground. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl from heaven into the air. And then there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. So this is when Jerusalem is going to be divided into three parts. But then great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. God has been furious with this city of Babel way back in Genesis when the nations were scattered. Babel started way back. So there have been two cities, Jerusalem and Babel, or Babylon, in the Bible. 
Babylon is Satan's place and Jerusalem is God's place. Then every island fled away and mountains were not found. So it's a terrible earthquake. Never before that happened like that. And great hail from heaven. Dr. Morris says this hail is not ice, but rocks. Rocks fell on men. Every rock about the weight of a talent or 50 pounds. They blasphemed God because of the hail, since the plague was exceedingly great. So then chapter 17, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. So here we find this woman, this harlot, always in the Bible, uh, we find this woman and child, mother-child cult from the very beginning. When Satan heard when God said, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And that's going to be, so the seed of the woman would be Jesus. So he thought, well, I'll have my own seed of the woman. And so he's been plotting this. And so he has this wicked woman, this harlot, who sits on many waters, that would be all the earth, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet-colored beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So she has sat on all the world empires, uh, probably from Babylon to Egypt, Assyria, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and then Babylon again is going to come on the world scene. And we can expect that maybe if it's not too far off in our day. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. So this is a woman who is um, unfaithful. That's what the fornicator is, unfaithful to her God. Well, this is one that is turned away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and worships idols. On her forehead a name, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And Dr. Morris says all ancient world empires were polytheistic. They worshiped like Buddhism, Confucianism, Taoism, and so all of them are false religious systems that have been on the earth. So I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. And the angel said to me, why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and the ten horns. Jeremiah 7, 18, Jeremiah 44, and Ezekiel 8 talk about this queen of heaven. See, and now in the Zodiac, you can see she's, instead of Mary and Jesus, it's the queen of heaven over here, this woman. And so Satan has corrupted what God has given as truth. He's corrupted it to make it be what he wants it to be. So the queen of heaven started in Babel, and she was called Tammuz, Semiramis. In Phoenicia, she was called Ashtoreth and Tammuz. In Egypt, Isis and Horus. In Greece, Eros and Aphrodite. In Rome, Venus and Cupid. In all the ancient countries, this woman has been worshipped. And so the beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. Political Babylon was an economic and religious. So it was and is not, but is coming back to the earth. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they see the beast, this is Babylon, that was and is not, and yet is. So here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. So a mountain in the Bible from Jeremiah 5, in these ancient cities like Babylon, is called a mountain. So here is the there are seven mountains, seven world empires on which the woman sits. So I've written Egypt, Assyria, uh, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and then finally Babylon again. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. When he comes, he must continue a short time. And the beast that was and is not 
is himself also the eighth and is of the seven. So this is Antichrist. He's and he's going to perdition. God's going to take care of him, throw him into the lake of fire. And Dr. Pentecost said the lake of fire are black holes out in the heavens where they'll just be blasted off and just be burned up forever and ever. And the ten kings which you saw, and the ten horns which you saw, represent ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. This is like Daniel 7, when all the nations will go together to be under this Antichrist. And during the tribulation, after we are gone, we will not know about this, except here in the Bible, because we will be, Christians will be gone. So the beast was and is not, is himself the eighth and of the seven, and going to perdition. And the ten horns which you saw are ten kings, verse 12, who have received no kingdom, but they will receive authority one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind. They will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb, that's Jesus, will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. How do we know who this lamb is? Turn back to Revelation 5. And it's very clear, we saw this before, as John is being told all these things. In chapter 5, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. So this is the scroll that's going to unlock everything that's going to happen in the tribulation period. And a strong angel said, who's worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? No one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even know what's going to happen in the tribulation or to look. So John said, I wept much, verse 4, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. Now, you know who that would be. That'd be Jesus, wouldn't it? He's prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. Who is this lamb? That looked like it had been slain. See, he died on the cross for you and me. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, this means omniscient, sent out into all the earth. Then the lamb came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You're worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain, and you've redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures. These would be cherubim, but they're called living ones. And the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive, now notice, seven things, power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the sea and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four cherubim, or living creatures, said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. So then the Lamb opens these seals of judgment on the earth. And so we see them as the sixth seal. And then there's an interlude in chapter 7 where um, before we go to chapter 8, there's going to be 144,000 Jewish people sealed, Jewish virgin men who are going to be sealed from any of the problems that happen in the tribulation. Uh, the beast may try to blow them apart, but then nothing can touch them. So the seal of the living God, they were sealed in their foreheads, and they were from all the tribes except one, and that was you don't see Dan there, do you? Dan, later on, he's brought back as one of the 12 tribes, but 
he was the first one to introduce idolatry to the children of Israel. So he's left out of this. So after this, I looked in the great multitude, which no one could number of all nations and tribes and peoples, stood before the Lamb, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So then we come back to where we were, chapter 14. In chapter 13, I wanted to hit that again, verse 11. I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. So this is Satan's imitation, like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And we saw back in Zechariah how he was healed. Verse 11. This is something that I just learned this year. How was he healed? He's called the worthless shepherd in chapter uh, 11, verse 17. They rejected the true shepherd, Jesus, and are going to worship a false shepherd. Woe to the worthless shepherd, verse 17, who leaves the flock, a sword. Now, here's how he's going to have a wound and yet come back and live. A sword shall be against his arm and against his right eye. His arm shall completely wither and his right eye shall be totally blinded. So that's what's going to happen in chapter 13 of Revelation, that the Antichrist is going to, this world leader is going to be, seem to be killed, but not really. He recovers. It's like his right eye shall be blinded, but he's going to not be killed so that he never comes back. So back here, so they worship the image of the beast, and his number in verse 18 is 666. And I think I told you when I stopped in Jerusalem, all the buses when I was there had 666 on their license plate. This has probably been 25 years ago, but I really took notice and I thought, 666, but they probably, they change it every year. But at that time, it was 666. So Then in chapter 14, here was this lamb, and they sang a new song, saying that he's the one that everybody should worship. Verse 6, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So this is the end of the tribulation, when Babylon is going to be the great city, capital of the Antichrist, and he's going to force everybody, as we see in chapter 13, to, to worship the image, his image. And if you don't, you are going to be decapitated. So. Um, the third angel followed, saying, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. So then we move back here to chapter 17 about this judgment of this mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth, And I saw the woman, drunk, verse 6 of chapter 17, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled. So then, here is a mind which has wisdom, verse 9. The seven heads are seven mountains or seven world empires on which this woman, the mother-child cult, has been since the beginning. Seven heads are seven mountains or world empires on which the woman sits. So I've written Egypt and Assyria and Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece and Rome. We see them all in Daniel. There are seven kings, five have fallen, one is, the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. And the beast that was and is not is is himself also the eighth. And it's of the seventh. So it's Satan all the way. He's in all of this and is going to perdition. And the ten horns which you saw are ten kings have received no kingdom as yet, but receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind. They will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb, 
and the Lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. And he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So this is sign language, but he tells us what these, all these waters where these kingdoms are, are peoples, multiple, multitudes, nations, and tongues. <clears throat> and the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked and eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So during the tribulation, this woman is going to be ruined and killed. So the woman that you saw is a great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Babylon is going to fall and not be around after the tribulation. After these things, and you can read about it in, in Jeremiah 51, about Babylon, the end of it. He, she's been so cruel to the children of Israel. Daniel was in Babylon. Uh, Isaiah was in Babylon. And Babylon was known as a nation that just ruined Israel and tore down the temple, that beautiful temple that Solomon built and hauled it off, all the gold and all the beauty of it, hauled it all off to Babylon. And God says, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. And that's quoted from Jeremiah 51.8. And it's become the habitation of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So this false religious system has been around since Babel, way back in Genesis. All nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her false religious system. They've committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Now evidently, people like Daniel stayed there and other Jews stayed in Babylon but God is saying, come out of her, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her, Babylon, just as she rendered to you. Do under her, do under her as she did to you. Render to her, just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works, in the cup which she has mixed for her double. In the measure that she's glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, and am no widow, and will not see sorrow. Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine. This is what God is going to send, death, mourning, and famine. And she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. And the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning standing at a distance. And that area is very flat, and you can stand almost like in Saudi Arabia and look up and see this great plain. So the smoke will rise. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble, and cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and bodies and souls of men. The fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you, Babylon. And all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you, and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things, who became rich by her, will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour such great riches came to nothing. And every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance, cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What is like this great city? And they threw dust on their heads, cried out, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, 
for God has avenged you on her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence, the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and not be found any more. The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, maybe it's flautists. A flutist sounds more like you would sound it out. And trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. And no craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore. And the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. And the light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore. And the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth. And for by your sorcery, underline that, by your sorcery, Satan's power, all the nations were deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. Now that's going to happen during the tribulation. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments because he's judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rises up forever and ever. You see this, all over the earth, there's worship of the mother and child. See, it's been, and it's Babylonian, uh, false religion, and still with us today. Again they said, Alleluia, and the 24 elders, verse 4, and four living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia, Alleluia. Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Now this is the marriage of Jesus and the church, the marriage of the Lamb. Now when they talk about the wife of Jehovah, it's Israel. To her was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, write. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. When we started out Revelation chapter 1, let's look back there just a second. To remind ourselves, in chapter 1, then I turned, verse 12, I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. And his feet were like fine brass. That's always a picture of judgment, as if refined in a furnace. And his voice is a sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. So this is Jesus. Back to chapter 19. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. And we know he's going to rule for a thousand years. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. 
He has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the Antichrist, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together. In Joel chapter 3 talks about this. Isaiah chapter 34 talks about it. Gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, which is sulfur, and the rest were killed with a sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him, bound the devil, for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more, until the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. You see, now we're seeing quite a bit of beheading in our world. This is going to be the commonplace thing during the tribulation. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This completes, or this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ. This second death is over here in the end of this chapter. We'll read about it in a minute. Over the second death is no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and reign with him a thousand years. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city, this would be Jerusalem, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So casting will be like cast out into the heavens where these black holes are forever. They never burn up, tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This completes, or this is the second death. And anyone found not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Much like Eden, there wasn't a sea there in Genesis. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice 
from heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. So this tabernacle is Jesus, and will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, and there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely, not work for it, freely to him who thirsts. So salvation is a free gift. He who overcomes, 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, Who is an overcomer? but the believer in Jesus. So if you're a believer in Jesus, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and you are an overcomer. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So this would be all the lost. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues, came to me and, and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. This is the new Jerusalem. And her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Also. She had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. And the city is laid out as a square, they measure the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. So that would be 1,380 miles square. Big city, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. And the construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, that'd be diamond. The second, sapphire. The third, chalcedony. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, sardonyx. The sixth, sardius. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. The tenth, chrysophrasy. And the eleventh, jacinth. And the twelfth, amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it, and the Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. For there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or that causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. You believe in Jesus, you're in there. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of the street and on either side of the river was a tree of life, the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations or the well-being or service they could be. And there shall be no more cursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads, and there shall be no night there. 
They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place, for when they begin to happen, it'll be fast. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book of Revelation. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. See, Daniel was told to seal his prophecy. Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to every one according to his work. Now that's I'd go back to 1 Corinthians 3, where he says, in fact, let's go back there just to see that. Paul says in verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. I've led you to Christ. How are you going to build your life? Somebody else will come along and teach you some other thing. And another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it how you build your life. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble, each one's work, not your salvation, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. Remember, Jesus' eyes are as a flame of fire. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. And so we're going to be tested at the judgment seat of Christ. Not your salvation, but your works are going to be tested. And behold, I am coming, verse 12, quickly and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work, whether it's gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. That should energize us, shouldn't it? To be gold and silver and precious stones, not just stuff that can be burned up by fire. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs, the word phrase for homosexual, dogs, sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. Remember, he's written to seven churches of Asia Minor. I'm testifying this. I am the root and the offspring of David. I'm the bright and morning star. And I love to think of this. Before the sun comes up is the bright and morning star. So he's coming with as the son of righteousness to rule the earth. But before that, the bright and morning star appears. I like to think that as a rapture, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who's thirsty come. And whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of this prophecy of Revelation, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come. Lord Jesus. And then he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Um, in Luke 19, Jesus says, occupy until I come. 
that this ends up, I'm coming quickly, so you and I need to occupy until he comes. Lord, thank you for this time in your word and this wonderful book of Revelation. And next week, I think, we'll start the book of Genesis. So bless us as we maybe read ahead in Genesis, because Genesis and Revelation go together, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So bless us, Lord, this week, and we thank you for this wonderful Easter time that's coming when we remember that you rose from the dead, that you died and paid the price for our sin. But the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, never to die again. So we know that we too will live on. We'll be raised from the dead, never to die again. What wonderful promises Christians have. But outside of Christ, it's only like the lake of fire, terrible. So bless us as we consider these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Any questions on any of this? After the thousand years, what will happen? Where will the saints and after the thousand years? Did we read that? In 20? They'll reign with him a thousand years. Now when the thousand years are over, verse 7, Satan will be released from his prison, go out and deceive the world again, and get the whole world to follow Satan again. So God is going to come down and destroy them with fire from heaven, and the devil is going to be cast into a lake of fire. And so then there's going to be a great white throne judgment from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And then the dead, these would be all the lost of all the ages, small and great, like Hitler and whoever's lost, standing before God. And the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. See, they're still going to be lost, but they're going to be, whether they're gold, silver, precious stones, some lost people do some good things. They'll be judged according to their works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire out in the heaven. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I think that everybody's name is in the book of life. Where will the saints be? You'll be with Jesus. Where? You've already been caught up to be with him in the rapture. Aren't we going to reign with Jesus? Yes, we'll come back with Jerusalem. him and rule with him for but a thousand years. But then after that thousand years. We'll be still with Jesus. From the thousand years, it will just go on into eternity.